Well, I hope we're all enjoying going through this series of the Psalms of David that Pastor Gary started a while back. I think I'm the fifth speaker, I think. But anyway, that doesn't matter. But, <laughs> um, but what was it about David? David's the only one written that had a man after God's own heart. And I'm hoping that as we go through these series that we can pull out something about David's faith that we can imitate um, to be more like that. Wouldn't it be awesome if uh, God in heaven, says, the Father says to the Son, Have you noticed my servants down at Sovereign Grace Chapel and how many of them there have a heart after our own hearts? Wouldn't that be awesome, huh? To be known of, as a church of people like that. Um, we can work on that. I hope we all have. But anyway, um, Psalm 8 is where we're at. Um, so if you want to go there in your Bibles, I got a uh, ESV version I'll be reading from. Psalm 8, Psalm of David. I titled it, The Greatness of God and Man's Place in It. Psalm 8. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. Out of the mouth of babies and infants, you have established strength because of your foes. To still the enemy and the avenger. When I look at your heavens and the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him? And the son of man that you care for him? Verse 5. Yet you have made him a little lower than the heavenly beings. And crowned him with glory and honor. You have given him dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet. All sheep and oxen. And also the beasts of the fields and the birds of the heavens. And the fish of the sea. Whatever passes along the paths of the sea. O Lord, our Lord. How majestic is your name in all the earth. A few years ago. I mean... A few weeks ago, on July 20th, the United States celebrated the 50th year anniversary of a successful mission of putting men on the moon. Apollo 11 touched down on the moon and men from planet Earth were walking on the moon's surface. While they left behind on the moon's surface more than footprints, they carried a little disc with them that had goodwill messages on it from around the world. Seventy-three countries left messages on this disc, and the Vatican submitted a message, and in that message, they incorporated Psalm 8, the first scripture to reach and be left on the moon from planet Earth. Psalm 8 is an amazing psalm, and it's quoted many times in the New Testament. It's quoted in the Gospel that Brother Ness read today, 1 Corinthians, Ephesians, and Hebrews. In one sense, it's very clear and basic. And in other senses, it's just totally amazing. The psalm is a commentary on Genesis 1. David wrote this psalm with Genesis 1 in mind, no doubt. This is very obvious. The title above the psalm in your Bibles will say something like, To the choir master according to the gittith. So, it was written most likely as a song. A gittith, nobody really knows what it is. Maybe a string instrument. The best I could come up with was a musical instrument of unknown character, supposed by some to have been used by the people of Gath. 
and thence obtained by David. So maybe David got the gittith off of Goliath, I'm not sure. But it's mentioned in the title of Psalm 8, Psalm 81, and Psalm 84. So the theme, or the main point, is pretty obvious. And the, main, the theme, or the main point, is pretty obvious in Psalm 8, and it's verse 1. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. This would be as the chorus to a song. Verse 9. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. O Lord, our Lord. All capitals in the first Lord. Which is Exodus 3.14. Moses comes across a burning bush that's not being consumed from the fire. God is speaking from the bush. And he tells Moses that he has seen the afflictions of his people in the hands of the Egyptians. And he is sending Moses to get them from Pharaoh. But Moses says, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the children of the the Israelites out of Egypt? God says, I will be with you. Moses' response, If I come to the people of Israel and and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they ask me, What is his name? What shall I say to them? God says to Moses, I am who I am. And he says, Say this to the people of Israel. I am has sent me to you, the Lord. I am who I am, the covenant God, Yahweh. The one with no beginning and no end. The Lord of everything. The creator and giver of life and sustainer of life. O Yahweh, our Adonai, is what it's saying. Yahweh is the covenant name of God. It is the holy name of God. Out of respect and not wanting to take the name of the Lord in vain, the Jews often refused to even speak this name. They would most often use the name Adonai in place of Yahweh. But Adonai simply means Master or Lord. A name symbolizing sovereign power. God's names reveal God's character. David could sing out and speak these names of God because he knew God. How majestic means excellent. Large, powerful, greatness. David saw the greatness of God and his place within that. It's an understanding of why we were created. Why were we made? Have you ever wondered before being saved why you were made? Or what is life all about? What am I here for? Created by God and for God in his glory. Everything that God has created should bring glory unto him. The chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy God forever. David is praising God because his glory is so obvious to him. In verse 1 it says, You have set your glory above the heavens. The earth and the heavens can't contain God's glory. It's everywhere. We're going to see that more as we go through the Psalms. God's majesty and glory is on display everywhere and all around us. So we, as David, are all called to see the Lord's majesty and glory and praise Him. This is every human being's calling. To see God in His greatness all around us and that we all have special responsibilities to our Creator. Until we understand that we are created by God and for God to have a personal relationship with our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, we will never be content and always be looking and searching for what life is all about. Like the old song says, we'll be looking for love in all the wrong places. Now comes verse 2 out of nowhere. Just an amazing verse. Out of the mouth of babies and infants, 
you have established strength because of your foes and to still the enemy and the avenger. God has enemies, but he's God. He could easily destroy them. He could just say, be gone, be no more. God loves to display his glory and majesty, his greatness, his strength through weak things. God chooses to use weak, dependent babies to silence his enemies. The verse says babies and infants. They may not be able to talk yet, but somehow God chooses to use them in a glorious way. God loves to use the weak, small, humble vessels to silence his enemies. Just amazing. This verse speaks to abortion and racism. All babies, all colors, all nations made in the likeness of God. That there is a huge spiritual battle going on here for the life of little children. Satan wants them out of the way before they're even born. Those created in the image of God for his glory and majesty are a threat to the enemy. Infants, newborn, bring glory to God just by being born. Created in his image, God commanded, be fruitful and multiply. Psalm 139, 13, 13 through 16, David writes, For you formed my inward parts, you knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unforced substance. In your book were written, every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. God's creation continues on. Don't miss that. What a miracle. Children are a blessing from God. The world may become numb to the works of God, but the children of God should always see the works of his hands in, in the little ones. God has chosen what is weak in the world to shame the strong. 1 Corinthians 1.27 Infants and babies and children have the ability to praise God just by being what they are, created in his image. God on display, creating his best creation to bring glory to him. The world's nations exhibit their strength by armies and equipment and technology. God exhibits his power and strength and greatness in the humility and innocence of a child. What a contrast. Of course, Jesus fulfilled this verse in what Brother Gary read for us out of Matthew 21. Our humble, meek Savior comes into Jerusalem on a donkey. It's Holy Week, what we call Palm Sunday. Jesus knows he is in the process of fulfilling Zechariah 9.9 and Psalm 8. He comes in on a donkey and the crowds are spreading their coats in the road and others putting down branches on the road. And they're shouting, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Hosanna, which is saying, save please. Salvation is coming. First thing Jesus does is cleanse the temple and drive out all those who are buying and selling. Then he starts healing all who are coming to him. And the children are there in the temple and they heard what all the people were saying when Jesus was coming into town on the donkey. So they start shouting, Hosanna to the son of David. Hosanna to the son of David. But the religious leaders of the time become indignant and say to Jesus, do you hear them? The answer Jesus gives them, yes. A simple yes. Then he says, have you never read? I came up in Sunday school this morning. Have you never read? 
I love it when the Lord says to the religious leaders, in other words, you know the word, haven't you read it? And he quotes Psalm 8, verse 2. Out of the mouth of infants and nursing babes, you have prepared praise. Jesus quotes the Greek translation, which says, ordained praise that ties directly into verse 1, which means Jesus is not only the son of David, but also, and more important, the son of God. Since the psalm says that God has ordained praise for himself from children's lips. And so quoting Psalm 8-2 to the scribes and chief priests, Jesus not only reveals his deity, but he also puts them in the category of the foes and the avenger, and he silences them. In Luke's account, Jesus' disciples are calling out, Hosanna to the son of David. Jesus says if they didn't say it, if they didn't cry out, the rocks would have cried out. Religious leaders didn't get it, but the children did. The ones who tried to appear so religious were silenced by the little ones. This past Easter, I was sitting in the, the back of the church with my family, and my oldest son was holding our recent grandson, Jack, who at the time was somewhere around seven months old. And we were all standing and singing the closing hymn. And he was smiling and screaming out like he knew the song. Maybe the Lord was using the little guy to silence a foe in our midst. But this is how our Lord works. He demonstrates his meekness and lowliness while he was here on earth. Matthew eleven twenty nine. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. To be used by the Lord for his glory, you need to be humble and lowly and hot. You don't have to know everything. You just need to know him and humble yourself and believe as a child believes. The kingdom of heaven is an upside down kingdom compared to an earthly kingdom. Jesus said, truly, I say to you, unless you turn and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. That's Matthew 18. I love watching my grandson Jack. I love how he displays dependence on his parents and us. That's how God created us all, to be dependent on him. I love how he looks at things and observes them while trying to understand them. He really studies things to try to make sense of it. That's us looking at the world and mankind with spiritual eyes and reminding ourselves of all people created in the image of God. Childlike faith in being lowly and hot and humble is not natural for adults. It takes work and practice, but it's worth it. So this is our first co contrast. How a big, great, majestic God displays his glory and majesty through babies and infants. Verses 3 and 4. When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him, and the son of man that you care for him? Maybe when David was young and a shepherd at night, he would lay down for rest with his sheep, and he would think about God and gaze into the sky and see the stars and the moon and just worship and meditate on how awesome God is. And in comparison to the creation that David could experience on how small and insignificant he was. I remember a few years back, we were down on the Cape with our family. We were staying at a place in Truel for a few days. And there was a hurricane coming in on the coast. And the officials were going to have to close the two bridges coming in and out of the Cape. It wasn't a mandatory evacuation, but if you wanted to get out, you had to get out before a certain time. 
Well, the thrill seekers that we are, we decided to stay and weather the storm. I think the storm ended up going out to sea and we experienced some wind, but that was about it. But we were outside that night cooking and I don't know if it was the wind that cleared the air, but the sky showed stars like none of us had ever seen. Stars everywhere, so many of them that they looked like they were touching each other. We were all fascinated by it, like little kids that never seen the stars before, just glazing, gazing up there. That was the work of God's fingers, not just not hands, just his finger work. Actually, Genesis 1 tells us he can speak it into existence. This is seeing the glory and majesty of God. Don't get used to your environment. Don't take it for granted. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Psalm 118.24 This is part of childlike faith. Seeing God in all creation. Take some time and walk some trails in the woods. Climb a mountain. Go to the beach. Camp by a river. God's glory and majesty is on display everywhere all the time. Do you see it? Do you smell it? Every season, God continues to be faithful and brings back to mind the things we saw or smelled or touched or tasted the, the season past. I'm in the logging industry, and this is the best part of my job. It's what I like the best anyway. If you observe creation around you, it won't take long before you see perfection in it. Because it was created by a perfect and holy God. I was at Sandy's one Friday night, and I was talking to her mother, Alice, about this. And I said, have you ever noticed outside in the wintertime, when the snow is on the way, you can smell it before it gets here? She says, yes, I love that smell. I go, yeah, I do too. That's God. Or how about in the summer and driving with your windows open, the smell of fresh cut grass or the smell and taste of watermelon. Or in the springtime, when things seem like they're dead, no leaves, no understory green growing. Then all of a sudden it starts to come alive. Don't miss what God has placed himself on display for us. It's Psalm 19. The heavens declare the glory of God and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. Day to day pours out speech and night to night reveals knowledge. There is no speech, nor are there words whose voice is not heard. The voice goes out through all the earth and the words to the end of the world. The world around us is yelling out in the glory and majesty of God. Don't miss it. See it and thank God above for revealing himself to you. I once gave a fifth and sixth Sunday school class a homework assignment. I told them I wanted them to make me a chickadee. I said that they're the state bird and they're everywhere. How hard can it be to be made? And they started asking me, you mean draw it? And I said, no, I don't want a drawing. And they said, you make it out of straws or wood? I said, no, I want a real one. How hard can it be? They're small Get a beak, some feathers, a couple of eyes, and don't forget the legs. My point to them was that even just a little ordinary bird reveals a perfect, awesome creator. The glory of God can be seen in a chickadee. Charles Spurgeon wrote this. Oh, to have a mind like Charles Spurgeon. I love this guy. There's no place where God is not. The miracles of his power await us on all sides. Travel the silent valleys where rocks enclose you on either side, rising like the heavens' battlements until you can see but a strip of blue sky. You may be the only traveler who ever passed through the glen. The birds are frightened and the moss may tremble beneath the first step of a human foot. 
Yet God is there in a thousand wonders, upholding the rocky barriers, filling the flowers with perfume, refreshing the lonely pines with his breath. Descend to the lowest depths of the ocean where the water sleeps undisturbed and the sand is motionless and unbroken quiet. The glory of the Lord is there, revealing its excellence in the silent palace of the sea. Borrow the wings of the morning and fly to the farthest part of the sea. God is there. Fly to the highest heaven and God is praised in everlasting song. Dive to the deepest hell and God is justified in terrible vengeance. Everywhere and every place, God dwells and is manifestly at work. It's to him we sang last week, holy, holy, holy. All thy works shall praise thy name in earth and sky and sea. God has clearly revealed himself in creation to David so much that David is in awe that the creator would be mindful of man. How much more information do we have of creation than David had? Do you see God in all your environment? You should because this is also Romans 1 where God will use these truths to condemn you if you intentionally suppress these truths. Romans 1, 19 and 20 says, For what can be known about God is plain to them, for his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made. So they are without excuse. God's eternal power and divine nature have been clearly perceived. You have to intentionally suppress the truth to not see him in what has been made. For those of us who are his, don't get used to it. Get out in creation and be amazed by God. I did a logging job for a land trust company right here in Saltbridge a few years ago. And after the job was done, the board of the land trust wanted to walk the job with a state forester, their independent forester, and they wanted me there in case they had questions for me. Well, there were some smart people there. They knew their vegetation and they knew their trees. And as they were discussing these things, it was pretty much all Greek to me, but I was picking up on a few things. But what impressed me the most, we were walking on a main skid trail that led through the woods to my landing. And there was these little plants that were popping up everywhere on the trail. And this guy says, oh, look at these. And he called them by their scientific name, which I could never pronounce. So I asked, so what are they? He said, oh, they're just fire plants. They're in the ground and they don't come out of the ground unless there's been a fire to stabilize the soil so other vegetation can come in. And in this case, there wasn't a fire, but it was a road and it was all down to the gravel that I made getting the wood out of there. And I was amazed. I'm saying, how cool is that? That God has thought of everything. I was so excited about it. Fire plants to stabilize the, so the soil. They were blinded by their wisdom. But for me, I just couldn't wait to find another believer to tell them what I saw the glory of God and what man calls fire plants. So with all the creation and how vast the universe is, what is man that God would be mindful of him? How small we are in, the vast, in this vast cosmic setting. How amazing that the God of the universe, the one who made it and sustains it, would think of us and love us and care for us. Verses 5 through 8. Yet you have made him a little lower than the heavenly beings and crowned him with glory and honor. You would give him dominion over the works of your hands. You would put all things under his feet, 
all sheep and oxen and also the beasts of the field, the birds of the heavens and the fish of the sea, whatever passes along the paths of the sea. We were made a little lower than the heavenly beings, created in the image of God. That's why it's so important to know God and to to understand mankind. We must realize that while all of creation is glorifying God, we as humans are the only ones glorifying God by being created in His image and likeness. David is saying, when you look at all that God has created, how insignificant we are in the grand scheme of things, we who... we, who are we that the God of creation would be mindful of us? But we are. God has crowned us with glory and honor. God doesn't say that about anything else that he created. Mankind created with glory and honor. In verse 1, David said that God has set his glory above the heavens. The earth and the skies and the sea and the heavens can't contain the glory of God. But now in verse 5, David's speaking of man and woman and children and babies and infants, that he has crowned them with glory and honor. What this means for us is that in all of created things, God has created us in his image to reflect his glory. Nothing else in creation. Creation itself definitely reflects his glory, but not like human beings can. Understanding this point is big. This is where mankind finds their significance. We must find our significance, our meaning for life in our Creator, in God. If we look for significance in ourselves, we will always come up short. Your significance will come and go as you compare yourself to one another around you. How much money do you make? What kind of house do you live in? Are you good in sports? How are your grades? When you're looking for significance within yourself, you will never measure up. But if you value If your value as a human is found in the fact that you are as significant as a human being because God has placed significance on you, that's a game changer. You will stop comparing and trying to measure up to another human being. God has placed glory and honor on you and your significance is found in Him, the creator of the universe. The ESV says you made Him a little lower than the heavenly beings. The word here is Elohim, which can be translated God or angels. Some think it's God, some think it's angels. I think it's God, seeing that we were made in his image. Interesting thing is that we are intelligent beings with a soul and body. Angels above us are called ministering spirits, but no bodies. And below us are the animals with bodies and no spirit. We're exactly in the middle. David could have said that we as humans have been created a little higher than the animals. The evolutionists, they look down, saying that we evolved from animals. But David doesn't say that we were created a little, a little lower. He says that we were created a little higher, I mean a little lower than the heavenly beings. Evolutionists are looking downwards. Christians are looking upward. The results from looking upward are being born again in Christ. We become more and more like Jesus rather than acting like an animal from looking downward. This is the sad part that man and woman were created in the image of God and ordained to become increasingly like Him, which is their privilege and duty. They have chosen to turn their backs on God since they will not look upward to Him. They look downward to the beast and so become increasingly like them. Unfortunately, we're seeing this happen more and more in our world. People have lost sight of God. It no longer sees man as a creature made in God's image who was created to bring glory, and, glory to God and enjoy Him forever. 
They have intentionally eliminated God from their conscience. They choose to be their own God and to do what feels best for them. And they live their lives by their own rules. When mankind gets to that point where they refuse to look upward to their creator and honor him with their lives, they look the only other way they can, downward to the animals and find their identity from the animal kingdom. This is what evolution is all about. Bury your head in the sand and refuse to see the glory of God displayed all around you. Eliminate God and evolution is all that's left. Stop looking upward and stop looking downward. Believe you involved from the beast and we see it all around us that people now are doing things openly in public that even the beast would never do. This is all part of the fall of mankind from the living God, the effects of sin. So we see here two major contrasts. God Almighty, all-powerful, displayed with all glory and honor, chooses to use little babies and infants and all his children to defeat his foes and enemies. We see that he also chooses little insignificant man to rule or have dominion over all his works of his hands. What honor he has given us. God commanded Adam and Eve to have dominion all over the works of his hand, to rule over his creation. This rule and dominion has been lost because of sin. We don't see the dominion as we should. We don't have dominion over all the animals right now. We're seeing that a lot this year with the shocks. We don't have dominion over cancer and diseases and death. Dominion was lost in Adam because of sin. But dominion is regained in the last Adam, Jesus Christ. Hebrews 2, verses 6 through 8, is quoting Psalm 8. And listen to this, because it, it's, it's amazing what, what we see here. What is man that you are mindful of him, or the son of man that you care for him? You made him for a little while lower than the angels. You crowned him with glory and honor, putting everything in subjection under his feet. Now, in putting everything in subjection to him, he left nothing outside his control. At present, we do not yet see everything subjection, in subjection to him. But we see him, Jesus, who for a little while was made lower than the angels, namely Jesus, crowned with glory and honor because of his suffering of death, so that by the grace of God, he might taste death for everyone. Dominion is regained in Jesus. Do you see the glory and honor that God originally intended for mankind that was lost in the first Adam because of sin is now bestowed on Jesus because of his suffering and tasting death for all those who will believe. Now er, those who are his sing out, O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. The author of Hebrews takes Psalm 8 and he brings it to a messianic level. The glory and the honor that God originally placed on Adam, our representative, was lost as sin, as well as our dominion was lost in sin. But now, God had placed that glory and honor on our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and it has been regained, restored in Jesus. And it's because the divine Son took on flesh and lived a perfect life to regain all that was lost in Adam. God created man to rule over the works of his hands. He gave us a place of authority, glory, and honor. Sin has separated us from that role in reality. But the God-man, Jesus Christ, has regained what has been lost. Jesus has regained that dominion and will share it with all believers who are faithful to him. 
Revelation 2.26 says, The one who conquers and who keeps my words until the end, to him I will give authority over the nations. That's what we have. That's what we're going to be inheriting. We are all part of a royal priesthood. We are all kings and queens in the making. Those who are children of God. Co-heirs, co-rulers with a future with what a future for those who are in Christ Jesus. What we read and see in Jesus is the true meaning of being made in the likeness and image of God. May those who are His continue to become increasingly more like Him and bring Him more glory to Him and not to ourselves. O Jesus, our Lord, how majestic is Your name in all the earth. Let's pray.